Well, she is an absolute superstar on Capitol Hill and in Colorado. Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Uh, she has been there for, I don't think it's been an, an entire term yet, but my gosh, I really can't remember Washington, D.C. without her. She's made such a difference, in my opinion. And um, her new book, My American Life, is available right now wherever books are sold. Uh, Congresswoman Bobert, welcome to the show. How are you? I am doing great, Greg. How are you? I'm terrific. I actually am a little frustrated. I'm watching these uh, January 6th hearings. They're on right now, and I wish, quite frankly, you were on that panel. When you see these things, do you wish you were there? And they're just totally wrong in so many ways. Yeah, Greg, well, we saw from the beginning of this unselect committee that it's not a real committee. We there, There are no members of Congress placed on that committee by the minority leader. In fact, the Republicans that were placed on the committee by Kevin McCarthy were removed by the majority leader, by, by Nancy Pelosi, by the speaker. And this is completely unprecedented. And, of course, you see even their witnesses are there with, with no opposing views. There's no one um, in opposition to this unselect committee who is actually coming in and testifying. Typically in a committee hearing, you will have witnesses of opposing viewpoints. So you can get multiple sides of the story. Um, But really, this is just a crappy TV show with crappy ratings. And um, there's, there's, that's really all there is to it. Democrats cannot talk about their policies because their policies are failing Americans every single day. So they have to create another witch hunt to go after, just like they did with Russia, 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 and uh, and try to fit a narrative around that. You know, um, by the way, when we see this on TV, it looks to us here in New York and around the country that this is all Congress is doing because, uh, well, it's it's dominating cable news coverage. Please tell us, though, that you and the Republicans and others, more uh, responsible people, are doing things to help the country. This is not all that's going on, correct? I hope. Uh, that is correct. Uh, there, there's a lot of legislation that my colleagues and I are working on to actually get the country back in the right direction. I've been down to the southern border three times to see the invasion into our country. Uh, Colorado is now uh, number two in fentanyl overdoses in our country. So this is fentanyl coming from China through our wide-open southern borders and into our communities killing our children and our community members. Uh, and so we are taking action against that and, uh, and and really trying to take back the House so we have the authority to, to put it into, into action um, rather than just talking about it and exposing what's going on. But there's, I think we've had a lot of successes, even in the minority. Um, I, I was happy to take the lead on, uh, on getting rid of the 1984 Orwellian Ministry of Truth, that Department of Propaganda that was put forth um, by uh, Secretary Mayorkas um, to silence uh, the American people's speech. And as soon as I got aggressive on that, they paused the, the disinformation governance board and they uh, and Nina Jankowicz resigned. So, you know, that's one victory that we could point to where freedom of speech was was saved, but there's a lot more that we are working towards when it comes to our energy. I serve on the Natural Resources Committee, and uh, we are pushing to get America energy independent again and certainly energy dominant. Instead of uh, begging our adversaries 
for more oil, begging OPEC, we need to rely on the American roughnecks. The American rough. I love it. I love it. Hey, listen, uh, you know, I'm looking right now live at Jamie Raskin. He went to Harvard Law School, I believe. Uh, he lives, I think, like uh, five minutes, I think, from the Capitol. He represents the district in Maryland. He's from the swamp. He's of the swamp. He was uh, a state lawmaker for a long time. This guy could not be more opposite from you. You didn't do any of that stuff. And I think you are more in keeping with what our founding fathers had in mind. He did. They did not want a bunch of technocrats in Washington, permanent ruling class, did they? They were thinking, I think, more about people like you. Am I on to something? I think you're on to something there, Craig. Uh, our founding fathers did want citizen legislatures. They wanted people to go um, to our nation's capital, represent their people, and then go back home. Uh, so certainly not to reside in the swamp and stay there forever. This was supposed to be something that uh, members of Congress were there for uh, a short term. I believe what should have been the um, uh, the vision for that, I think George Washington set that example, saying, you know what, I'm only going to take two terms here as a president. And uh, and then he stepped down so someone else could, uh, could uh, be elected into that position. But we need more citizen legislatures in Washington, D.C. We need more people who have the experience that a small business owner has signing the front of a paycheck rather than just always uh, receiving and, and, and knowing what that's like to actually employ people and, uh, and keep retain uh, those employees and, and keep them going and to be a part of your community, to give back to your community rather than these career politicians like you see, like Joe Biden, who's been there for 50 years. And this is the only thing he's ever done. And he still can't even read a teleprompter correctly. <laughs> Well, it's all in your book, My American Life, and I just feel like you are what they were talking about. You know, you had that thriving business, a, a restaurant, a really nitty-gritty. The way You told me earlier the waitresses actually had guns on their – they wore real guns on their on their hip. That was part of the, the draw of the restaurant. Tell us a little bit about – well, actually, if you don't mind, 10 years before you got to the House, what were you doing? 10 years, because you defeated a five-year incumbent, five-term incumbent. So he would have been there 10 years. When you became the next congresswoman from your district, what were you doing 10 years prior? Yeah, I was starting a restaurant in Rifle, Colorado. I have four boys uh, who uh, really motivate me to do something about uh, the future of our country. You know, you have these kids and you think you could just stay home and love on them forever but they actually encourage you to make sure they live a really good life. Uh, so it, it, it pushes your boundaries for sure. But I opened this restaurant in Rifle, Colorado um, called Shooter's Grill. And uh, when we first opened, it was a Western-themed restaurant. I just wanted to um, give back to the computer community, be able to employ people. And uh, it, uh, shortly after we opened, there was an altercation where uh, a man lost his life outside of, our, uh, outside of my restaurant. And it immediately prompted the question to me, how am I going to protect everyone? How am I going to protect myself? So I began to open carry. My waitresses later began to open carry firearms. We had training in the restaurant for our patrons and our servers. Uh, it was great team building. Um, but this, uh, this became something that uh, people from all over the country would stop in to see the waitresses open carrying firearms in the restaurant in Rifle, Colorado. And, you know, we had some amazing experiences with Shooter's Grill, um, met an, a lot of amazing people. But really, I think this fire for justice and 
and our republic was was uh, ignited during that time. I wanted the Constitution to be more than just decor on my wall. I wanted to know it and understand it. And when I began to study it, I fell in love with it. And I saw how far politicians had gone from the original vision that our founding fathers had for our country. And uh, I want to do what I can to restore that. Well, I love it. And we know where to go when we're in Rifle, Colorado, for uh, great food and interesting uh, decor and all that stuff. Hey, is there anybody on the other side of the aisle? Like, you know, there are tremendous differences. We hear about them all the time. We know there are and there should be. But is there anybody that, you know, you disagree with on the issues that you might be able to work with, that you've been working with, seeing eye to eye? Is there any hope for that? And by the way, that's not always necessarily a good thing. I, you know, I mean, bipartisanship for the sake of bipartisanship, I'm not necessarily for that. But is there anybody on the other side that you've been able to work with? You know, there's a couple of them that I was looking forward to working with whenever we are in the majority. Um, but some of them are leaving, actually, because they know that they are in tough races. And uh, and so they're leaving. We have Ed Perlmutter from Colorado who's leaving. Um, and he and I have had a lot of conversations this year. Um, but one member, um, unfortunately, they all work for Nancy Pelosi. So working for them right now is impossible because they work for her. Uh, but, uh, you know, there is one member of Congress from Texas, Henry Cuellar. He serves on a di- uh, on a border district in Texas. And, um, you know, he, he's been the only Democrat that I could find that actually has joy. He's the only happy huh. Democrat that I have found in Washington, D.C. And he's not too terrible on the Second Amendment. But, uh uh, Greg, I am going to have to catch a flight. Back yeah, we're going to let you go. So right sorry. Now. Sorry about that. Everybody can get uh, My American Life. Uh, Congresswoman Boebert, good luck. Safe travels. We're so glad you're there. Thanks so much. Take care. You're great. Thanks so much. Bye. Yeah, I, uh, I, she is at the airport right now, about to get on the shuttle, and uh, that's good. Uh, the shuttle. We don't even call it the shuttle anymore. You ever notice that? We got the flights to... Uh, to Washington, D.C. from from LaGuardia, and we don't call it the shuttle. Whatever happened to the shuttle? There was the Trump shuttle. There was the Delta shuttle. They don't call it the shuttle anymore. So I just downloaded her book, My American Life. You know, she's in her mid-30s, and I think there's a damn good chance she's going to be president of the United States someday. I really do. And um, that was kind of cool. That's kind of cool, speaking to a conceivably a future president of the United States. She's right. That's what it's about. Not these phonies who, you know, have created these jobs that they can't explain to a a 10-year-old. You should be able to explain any job you have in government to a 10-year-old, I think. If you can't explain it to a 10-year-old, it's probably not in the Constitution. How do we feel about that as, as some sort of test for whether or not we should have uh, a bureaucracy or a regulation? Hey, do me a favor. Turn on the volume one more time on the uh, on the hearings over there, okay? me a call regarding this January 6th event. Things have gotten crazy, and I desperately need some direction. Please. According to phone records obtained by the committee, Ms. Pearson received a phone call from Mr. Meadows eight minutes later. Here is what Ms. Pearson said about that conversation. So what specifically did you tell him, though, about other other events? Just that there were a bunch of entities coming in. Um, some were very suspect, but they're going to be on other on other stages, um, some on other days. A very, very brief overview um, of what was actually happening um, and why I raised the red flags. And when you told him that people were very suspect, what, what did, did you tell him what you meant by that? Or what did you convey to him about what your, um, the problems with these folks? 
I think I even texted him some of my concerns, um, but I did briefly go over some of the concerns that I had raised to everybody with Alex Jones or Ali Alexander and some of the rhetoric that they were doing. I probably mentioned to him um, that they had already caused trouble at other capitals or, or at the previous event, the previous march that they did for protesting, um, and I just had a concern about it. Ms. Pearson was especially concerned about Ali Alexander and Alex Jones because in November 2020, both men and some of their supporters had entered the Georgia State Capitol to protest the results of the 2020 election. Oh, give me a Ms. break. Ms. Pearson believed that she mentioned this to Mark Meadows on this January 2nd call. And what's what? – Notably – Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. She's a political person making observations. Nothing wrong with what Katrina Pearson just said. All right, we have law enforcement to monitor these groups. We have law enforcement to keep order. You know, it's not illegal to be Alex Jones. All right? It's not he can show up wherever he wants if he's obeying the law. Man, this is really dishonest. A big waste of time. Although you just heard from our friend Lauren Bobert that they are doing other things in addition to um this nonsense. And that's good news. Uh Amy and Manalapan, hello. Bullets. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking, I, I know so many people, I work in the New York City school system, I know so many people that believe so many lies about Trump. They believe that he's a, you know, a threat to our security, our national security. He would have caused, a, he, he's going to cause a war if he didn't yet. But nobody, like, why aren't the facts talked about more? The fact that, didn't he broker, like, Middle East uh, peace between two Middle Eastern states for the first time, like, ever? I think it was uh, four. I only see that on... Where, where, why isn't that, like, you know, blasted into reality so that these lies, these smoke and mirrors that are surrounding everyone who I know is, like, lost in this fog of believing these things, you know, where is it? Why aren't these... I, I only ever saw that mentioned on Fox a couple of times and then never, never spoken of again. Are you talking about the Abraham Accords, the Abraham Accords, which were very, very real, new diplomatic relations between, uh, let's see, Israel, the UAE, Bahrain, uh, very significant. And that Jared Kushner, by the way, pulled it off. You may have heard it on Newsmax as well, Amy. But let me ask you something. Your friends, I mean, aren't they disillusioned with Biden, you know, and all this crazy nonsense and the, the drag queens coming in to read books to kids? Aren't they kind of sick of it? Aren't they catching on? Aren't they realizing that they're the ones who've been lied to all this time? They're not. They're not realizing that. And and it's not just it's not just people in the school system that I work with. You know, in New York City, it's out in where I live in in Jersey, seeing my family over the holiday weekend, and they're saying how you know they Florida is such a disaster because of. Um, Ron DeSantis and how horrible he is. Like, what are you talking about? What, where, what are you hearing? What do you, you know, Florida is doing better than any other state I could think of. Or the red, you know, in reality, in, in realistic, the realistic world, Florida, Texas, people are flocking there because there it's so much better there because the they actually do have freedom there. But then you get a commercial from the, the California, whatever his name is come to California for freedom, and, and they just blast that into their heads and they buy it. They well, don't pay enough attention to, to spurt out the details, and I feel like we don't blast the reality enough. I'm blasting my head off. I'm doing everything I can. I don't know. I Look, I, I think you're, uh, 
your friends and those people, they're kind of I'm I'm surprised, to be honest, that more people in your circles aren't waking up and realizing that there's truth <laughs> and there are lies and they've been fed so many lies. I mean, um, maybe you got to expand and broaden your circle a little bit. Um, uh, look, I'm doing my best. But the, the look, the deck is stacked against us. Mainstream media, if you just go about your life. And you don't go, look, you gotta go out of your way to look at Newsmax. You do. Alright, I'm, what channel am I on? I don't even know. 2000, something like that? It's hard to find, although you can and should find it. Uh, what else? You gotta download the app. You gotta go out of your way to engage conservative media. But if you're just a person, you know, alive and functioning, and you turn on the news, you know, it's anti-Trump, it's anti-DeSantis, it's all January 6th, it's all hype, it's all weird. So not that those people that you're talking to necessarily lean left. They're just surrounded by all this stuff. Does that make sense, Amy? You do have to sometimes make an effort. And, hey, let's face it, you, you just mentioned you turn on Fox. You heard it once on Fox. Fox, most of those guys are, you know, they, they don't stand for anything, to be honest. You got Tucker. You got one or two other ones. But the rest just want to be on TV and make money and do whatever Rupert Murdoch has told uh, whoever's running Fox at the moment what to do. All right, they, 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 a lot like they don't stand palatable. for they don't stand for a damn thing for the most part. What? They're palatable for the left leaning people. Like I know the people I I am talking about are not going, and and I want to say that these are all like morons, but they're not. They're, they're people that I want to keep in my life otherwise. And I want to just smack them in the head. And well, don't smack anybody off. in the head. Just like that weirdo who called earlier. He wanted to blow up buildings. I had a high. Did we, did we get a number on him? I think we may have to turn him in. Uh, I know you mean that, uh, figuratively, not literally. Amy, thank you so much. Good stuff. Keep engaged. Don't, you know, don't, um, don't be a stranger to Newsmax, okay? Okay, no, I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to make sure I watch it tonight. All right, I'll see you soon. Thank you, and uh, I'll be right back.